So guess what I watched last night? <laughs> guess what I watched, girl? What? <laughs> I watched the new anthology series, American Horror Stories. So bad. Oh, no. oh so no. bad. It was, oh my god. We can talk about it. It gave me brain rot. I'm yeah, excited. I, bet. I also <laughs> like I also was like really sick last night, and I don't know if it's like correlated to that, but I like to believe it is. I like to believe huh. that it like <laughs> made Yeah. Me sick. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched Gossip Girl. This is Someone is Talking Over My Grave, the podcast where we talk about popular culture, our lives, and more through the lenses of two young queer feminists. In this episode, we discuss Gossip Girl from the perspective of someone who's never met this franchise before and the perspective of someone who loves it. We discuss its shortfalling so far. As of this recording, we have watched the first two episodes. We also discuss American Horror Stories and a lot of Ryan Murphy's work. So, should we start with Gossip Girl? Because I want to know what you think. Hey, I took notes while watching Gossip Girl. <laughs> oh my god. I had so many notes. The first note that I had was poor ADR and poor expository dialogue. Oh my um, god, the exposition at the beginning, I was like, holy shit, we're just dumping it all on. Yeah. It was it, so lazy. It was so lazy. And they the way it play it it paid off really well, but it was incredibly lazy writing. Yeah, oh it was bad. Gosh. <laughs> it was just like, yikes. I hope the rest of the shit is not like it. Uh, oh, yes. So the ADR, which was like the voiceover that they did afterwards, um, they did it in that scene with the father and the daughter. It was really noticeable there, that first scene with the younger sister and the father. They okay. did ADR there. Um, and you'll notice it because the audio won't sound quite right. It usually sounds warmer, like it's in a a better recording situation. Um, then with the, even with a good mic, you're going to get like a little bit of the flavor of the room wherever you are which is why ADR tends to be really noticeable if you don't properly mix it um so they had bad ADR there somewhere else I think they did too and then they also when they made cutaways to like phones and stuff like that they did it way too quickly oh like, I agree I agree even when I, I paused the video yeah I couldn't like catch it yeah, same. Which was very odd because cutaways take away from the momentum of an edit. So it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense for them to even make the cutaways if they're not going to if they're not going to actually show what's happening in the cutaways and if they're using other tools like uh on-screen 
lower thirds and graphics to show like texting and stuff like that. So it was just very odd. I think um, it's really interesting to see how, you know, movies and shows are trying to show technology being used. Yeah. That feels organic. Mm -hmm. Because some shows do it really well. I remember watching SCOM and thinking mm -hmm. they did a good job. SCOM did amazingly and Sherlock. That's the one thing yeah. I loved about the show, like even after everything else fell apart. They showed technology and thinking and all of those like graphical, not quite there in the real world things, but you still want to show it interacting with the real world. They did those amazingly. And um, for both of those examples, the aesthetic that they used, it matched the tone of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which sometimes it's jarring. Like, yes. the difference between, like, the texting on screen and how it looks visually and, like, yes. going on in the yes. scene. Because I think motion design artists and editors, whoever's making those, I think they sometimes forget that, yes, you want it to look, you want it to be recognizable as a text or a direct message or whatever you're portraying. But you also need it to sink into the scene like in one of the scenes where they're at that club thing or whatever where they drink um mm -hmm. the frozen yogurt place <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they have in that scene they have the text it's like a a gray glass background uh text glass as yeah. in that it's a slight blur a specific type of blur that it adds to whatever's behind it. And that mm. worked well. It was also kind of noticeable. So it's kind of yeah. like a, hmm. But yeah, I think it was in The Boys or something they had on screen. And the aesthetic of The Boys is like super gray. And they just had bright white and black on screen texting. And it was really yeah. jarring. It was like, mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, another show that does that well, I think, is Euphoria. Yeah. There's a lot of texting in Euphoria, but they they managed to do it well. They do do it really well, because I didn't remember that they even had texting in that show. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> for a minute, too, and then I remembered. Um, because Jules uh, is texting with that other guy for a large majority of this one episode. Um Oh, it was full of so many cultural references to the 2020. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, it dated itself. Yeah, which I suppose is fine. It'll be, it'll remain like a, what are those things called that people bury? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> a time capsule. It'll remain a time oh, capsule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a time capsule to a time that we don't want to remember. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So Tavi Gavinson is in the show. She's that he, blonde teacher. A, yeah. Tavi Gavinson is an icon. She's really good. I feel like really a lot of people good. don't know who she is, but she mm -hmm. started a blog called Rookie Magazine when she was 12. 
And she got super famous. And so she's, like, been going to, like, fashion shows and, like, she's, like, been in, like, the fashion industry and within, like, media since she was a preteen. So she's, like, an icon certifiably. And she was born in 1997. And they made her a teacher. And all of her students are older than her. Like, the actors. Yeah. Except for Two of them were born in the 2000s. The rest of them are, like, either a year older than her or more. Like, like the other girl, um, I don't remember anybody's names yet. I haven't learned their names. Neither have I. I have I no Obi's name because he was referenced so much. <laughs> Is her name JC? The older half-sister? I don't know. <laughs> well... She's like 27. Yeah, she looks it. Yeah, she does not look like she's in high school. The Obi and younger sister relationship feels so much worse than it is because he looks like he's like 25 at least and she looks like she's 16. Like she she's yeah. the only one who actually looks like a teenager. Yeah. And then yeah, the all of the teachers and other students all look the same. <laughs> yeah and they look too young to be teachers mm-hmm. the students look too old to be students and the teachers look too young to be teachers yeah it's weird also- it feels it completely feels like it's in a college setting because like they said like once that it's high school except for the younger sister because she actually looks like a teenager but because we have never actually <laughs> seen them like interact in like classes or anything so it feels so much like it feels like it's a a small private college or something Um, yeah and they should have just made it a college i agree like all of the plot points would have still worked like her getting the scholarship and everything would have still worked i don't know why they didn't make it literally nothing around anything that's high school no at all I did find it interesting that they mentioned the pandemic. Yeah. Like, they mentioned... I was like, when was this film? <laughs> I think wow. it was filmed in the midst of the pandemic. So I guess they were just hoping that things would go back to normal by the time it came out. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure this was all filmed pre-vaccine. Yeah. It, it would so, have had to be in order for it to be edited by now. Because editing yeah. takes like at least six months. Yeah, um, but it's it's. I think it's interesting because didn't they say that this Gossip Girl re- reboot was going to happen like three or so years ago? So they must have written it in pre-production, started production, and then went back and like made yeah, they probably references and stuff. Yeah, and they did an amazing job of doing that because it feels it feels like this should be coming out like a year from now. That's how good right. they did at like melding it to the here and now. Right. Which is cool. Um, I think if we're going to talk about the positives of the show, I want to talk about the costume design because it is good. And it's the original. It's really good. Yeah, it's the original costume designer from the the, uh, original Gossip Girl. Cool. Yeah. And I I guess we should note I've never seen Gossip Girl, (laughs) the original. Yeah, I have. I've seen Gossip Girl three times all the way through because Mm -hmm. I have no life and terrible taste. Um, So 
We're going to be talking about this from the perspective of somebody who is a huge fan of Gossip Girl and grew up with it, and somebody who knows nothing about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting, actually, (laughs) to hear your perspective versus mine. Uh, I guess in that vein, I... So, I do have a question about the original one, and I wrote it down here. Was... Was it that last time it was the students who were cyberbullying each other, and this time it's the teachers? Because I feel okay. like I got that vibe, but they don't explicitly say that. So I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, um, I think they tried to catch you up with that exposition where the teachers are like looking through the archive. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you haven't seen it, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I have a few. <laughs> Basically, so spoiler alert, um, Dan Humphrey is actually Gossip Girl in the original, and you don't find out until the last episode. I think they said that in here, in the first episode. Did they? Yeah, that name sounds familiar, so I think they did. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is a student, and... Okay. Um, Gossip Girl is a boy, (laughs) and you don't find out that it's him until the last episode, and there was a lot of, like, outcry about it being him because it doesn't make sense Mm continuity-wise, because there's a lot of scenes where he'll be, like, alone in his room looking at a Gossip Girl blast, and he looks shocked by it, and it's like, who are you are you pretending to be shocked for? There's nobody, like, are you insane? So they they did not know quite mm-hmm. clearly who Gossip Girl was going to be from yeah. the beginning, or if they did, they changed their mind. Mm-hmm. Some people think they origi- originally intended it to be um, they originally intended it for to be uh, Serena's little brother, and then because people started suspecting it was him, they changed it to be Dan. Uh, and I'm like. <sighs> Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I hate that that's a thing that t- TV shows do now, that they take away the joy that fans of the show have in trying to figure things out. Like, they completely rob yeah. people of that experience, because that's a really fun experience. And it's always disappointing and frustrating when instead they're like, actually maybe that was what we're gonna do but psych this is it now and it causes really bad writing and continuity issues and it's always super frustrating it's just embrace the joy of your fans having fun and actually being smart like your viewers are not fucking stupid (laughs) yeah the same thing happened with pretty little liars yep um people started guessing who a was and they changed it i was yeah. I was listening to a podcast or a YouTube video like a week ago that was talking about a few of the shows. And yet they do it a lot nowadays. The past like 10 or so years, it's become a really frequent thing to do that. It's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but regardless, the original Gossip Girl was really good. 
in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It was bad, but it was also really good. Mm -hmm. And it had a lot of, like, cameos from super famous people. (laughs) Uh, I don't really see that happening with this one, though. I don't think it's going to have the same cultural influence that the original had. Um, Yeah. Especially because it was filmed during a pandemic, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even in... um, the next seasons you know mm-hmm. i i don't really see it getting the same amount of iconic cameos that the original no. had um i don't see it really being remembered yeah this doesn't feel like a culturally like important piece of media it's interesting mm-hmm. it's cool but it's not like iconic it's not and there if, aren't if, any iconic shows anymore. Yeah, I think what this show will wind up being is it's going to be another like Bridgerton culturally, where it's going to be another conversation about colorism in film and how to good diversity and stuff like that, and also cyberbullying. What are the ethics of teachers cyberbullying their students and stuff like that? So. Mm. Because that, that's something that I kept thinking about throughout the... I was like, if last time I was a student, why did they make it this time teachers? Because that's like the yeah. power dynamics and stuff with that, even though these are rich students and private school teachers are very exploited and they're not paid well. It's still like a very weird power dynamic thing to do. Um to make the teachers the cyber bullying <laughs> essential because that's what they're doing they're cyber bullying their students into uh leaving or behavior and i also another thing on that i don't understand how because they made a comment about this is how we're going to take power back and i don't see how them becoming gossip girl gives them any power no, it doesn't. It I did doesn't. think it was kind of funny when they started tagging the students. The students were like, okay, blocked. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. pretty funny. I was like, that's exactly what would have happened. Yeah. Um, I think it should have been more difficult for the teachers to get the attention of the students. I think that would have been pretty funny to watch. Yeah. Because I feel like they would have been ignored. Like, the Gossip Girl... Instagram just took off way too quickly. It did. It would have taken some time. Yeah. It's it even if it did take off that quickly, it wouldn't have had the cultural impact on the older sis like the impact on the the social, sorry, impact on the older sister that it does in the second episode. Like she's losing followers and everything. Like I don't Yeah. That's not you know what it should have been instead of an Instagram? What? It should have been like a tea channel <laughs> on YouTube. Oh my gosh, yes, it should have been. I feel like that would have been more realistic. Because yeah. I don't think a lot of like gossip Instagram accounts. I mean, there are some, but there I think there are that's, some, but like I only I know feel the channels are more of a thing. Yeah, I only know like one or two that are like really big in the black community and they're really controversial. But I don't know any others because I've never heard or seen anyone use them. Like I only know about mm-hmm. the, the big black ones because like everybody's always talking about how terrible they are. Like. <laughs> 
don't know. I did hear about one, and I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. apparently they gossip about, like, influencers and stuff, but, like, who cares? It's more of a YouTube thing to... It is more of a YouTube thing. And doing those YouTube videos will cause that kind of social backlash that we see in her losing those followers. And Instagram gossip blog isn't going to do that. I did think it was interesting that they tried to do commentary on the Olivia Jade thing. You remember who she is, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so they did, like, name drop her. Yeah. Like, they named her. Yeah, they did. I appreciated that. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, so we're actually going to talk about privilege in a way that applies to, you know, current events. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're just kind of like, anyway, so. (laughs) Oh, another thing that was so weird that made it really hard to remember that it was a high school show was how much drinking, like, adult drinking not teenager drinking was happening between those kids and that there were teachers around sometimes when they were drinking yeah um and again i can suspend my disbelief a little bit because they're like super rich and maybe that does happen but i don't know I did go to a private school. It was not on the Upper East Side in New York, but I can There's, tell you that it's not—it's not like that. And there, I, I didn't yeah. see bullying teachers. I so mean, they're I don't super know if that's true. Yeah, they're super rich, so yeah, it's going to be far easier to have access to that alcohol. But it's not going to—I don't think it's going to be in like. an environment like that and the bathhouse scene girl (laughs) there were so many things that were inappropriate with their relationship to teachers yeah and they just kind of act like it's normal yeah i mean the original gossip girl was a little more realistic in that sense because like I mean, they would bully teachers in the original Gossip Girl, but it was not this explicit. It was mm-hmm. more like blackmail. It wasn't like, oh my god, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> like, It was just, it was so over the top that it felt like they were trying to go the route of um, satire. Which I would have been down for. Like, if they were yeah. a miracle and they had, like, teachers shaking in their boots about, like, six <laughs> Teen-year-olds screaming at them. That would have been kind of funny and an interesting social commentary at the same time. But I don't think that this is going to be satirical at all. I don't think that it's the right audience to be satirical. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was. I wish it. I wish it. They would go that route. I think it's. I think it would be the best way to talk about these subjects in a way that doesn't feel contrived. Yeah. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. They take themselves too seriously for a show that is completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are definitely, though, I will say, they are up to date on a fair bit, though, of the of, of 
social discourse at the which is good but yeah i don't think they're gonna yeah incorporate say things on it quite the right way because they take themselves too seriously yeah yeah it it goes into riverdale territory which (laughs) i don't want to see but (laughs) i really feel using the same cameras i'm pretty sure (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i actually there's a tiktok that i saw that kind of parodies the Gossip Girl reboot, and I think that it sums up pretty much everything I want to say. <laughs> I was on that jet to Aspen. I couldn't stop pondering my thin privilege. Is this cocaine ethically sourced? Do you know? Gossip Girl just posted receipts that in 2013, Shuck tweeted that he identified as an attack helicopter. Yikes. I just got back from sleeping with my mother's boyfriend. Sorry, partner. And I was like, I don't care that your 12-year-old sister overdosed. I posted an infographic on things you should never say to someone with dyslexia and you didn't repost it onto your story. You need to yourself. You're literally single-handedly queering private equity. Oh my God, surprise guest star, Ella Emhoff. Let's go take a blade to Bushwick. Why isn't it gossip person? So... I think that sums it up. Yeah, who was that by? <laughs> um, Glam Demon 2004. That was <laughs> wonderful. Oh my gosh. It was perfect. I will say, I did like how like their schemes still feel very teenagery because sometimes when there's a lot of scheming in a show and it's like surrounding kids, they make it kind of unrealistic. But I feel like their scheming was pretty realistic for teen girls. It was realistic because it didn't make sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like the whole fashion show thing, I was like, wait, what? And then when she was mad at her sister for not helping her, I'm like, girl, she's on stage. What is she supposed to do? She has to do her thing. Like, why are you mad at her? And why did that guy break up with her? What did she do wrong? She didn't do anything. She's not responsible for her friends being psychotic. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't know. That was a weird thing to fight about. I feel like... But I feel like, yeah, because they thought about that, though, that was pretty realistic. Like, I mean, teenage girls, I feel like, have some really weird random fights sometimes. Yeah. They're, like, learning. It's like that age where you're learning how to be far more logical and communicate your thoughts and beliefs, but you don't quite have it there yet. (laughs) The underdeveloped brain kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was realistic in the sense that it was completely out of nowhere and it made no sense. But yes. <laughs> at the same time, it's like... If you're going to write a script, it should make sense. Yeah. That fight fair. didn't make sense. And the fact that that's fair. the reason the relationship dissolves... Like, we just started to know these characters and started to understand their relationship, and Mm -hmm. immediately, it's just 
now they're enemies. Mm-hmm. What? That that's kind of weird to me. I feel like Fair. that was lazy writing as well. Maybe, yeah. Um. But yeah, that boyfriend. <laughs> he really was he like anyway, real quick. <laughs> Now I'm into your sister, even though I said yeah. I was that in the previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> also, that whole changing situation. Suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> He's like, you want to, like, dry off in my apartment? Which, what, in front of your window? Has an apartment. <laughs> he has an yeah. apartment. <laughs> At least in the original Gossip Girl, like... The teenagers live with their parents. They don't have their own apartment. They yeah. have curfews, you know? Yeah, I think if they wanted to do them, like, having their own apartment thing, they should have had it more like Sway House or whatever those places are. Because I feel like those are rather young. I could be wrong because I, I only follow them or know about them when they're in the news for doing something wrong. But I feel like those are rather young people together like have decent money and are have a house together probably with some sort of adult oh, supervision my God. <laughs> i would have loved it if they had like a tiktok house they're yeah. like 10 or something <laughs> that would have been funny oh my god they should have done that are um, those houses tiktok houses i wasn't sure if they're tiktok youtube well, there, there's both. Oh, like, okay. not it started with YouTube houses and then TikTok. Yeah, like Team Ten or TikTok houses. Yeah, okay. I don't know what the TikTok houses are called. Neither I do I. <laughs> don't follow them. <laughs> I just know of their existence, and I think that they're so weird and dystopian. And I feel like it they, would have been really funny. They are, they, but. But I yeah, feel like it's a California thing, not a New York thing. Probably, yeah, but I feel like, well, New, well <laughs> New York, though, has young people living in houses, like, like people upon people thick, where it's yeah, not that's, legally that's safe. Yeah, but that's what the super rich teenagers are yeah, doing. So I, I don't know. I feel like it would be realistic to have, like, a couple of them maybe living together, but not alone. Yeah, I think if they were, like... Say. If they weren't part of the 1%, sure. <laughs> I don't think that these kids are ever going to need to have a roommate in their entire life. I don't think it's ever going to be a financial requirement for them. <laughs> Probably not. But it's also like they should be living with their parents. They're 16. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> super rich kids in, in New York, maybe they do that. I don't know. Again, I, I can't the realism of that because I have never been a rich teenager living in New York so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's nice though I'm sure they have a great time um that bisexual character whose only personality trait is taking benzos <laughs> what's going on with that he's just uh... like Oh, um, I just took a Zanny. <laughs> oh, I'm bisexual and I take Zanny. That, that, that. <laughs> like, shut up. Who cares? He's, 
<laughs> I don't know how I feel about his character yet. You know, um, his character is a ripoff of Chuck from the original series. Okay. <laughs> he reminds me so much of Chuck. He's just Chuck with a Xanax addiction who's bisexual. That's it. That's the only thing that's different about them. He even dresses the same, and I think he's trying to speak in the same voice as the original actor. And that blonde chick, she's trying to talk like Blake Lively. She's trying to act what like Blake Lively there. talks like. That's she has a deep... that's who she reminds me of, though. I w- I couldn't p- place who she reminded me of, and yeah, I think that's who she does. Yeah, she has that same deep and raspy voice. And it doesn't match her face. I'm like, I don't think that's her real voice because that doesn't look like she she doesn't look like that's the type of voice that would come out of her. You know? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is her real voice, but it sounds like she's trying to put on Blake Lively's voice. <laughs> and then she also acts like um, Blair from the original series. So she's like trying to be two of the characters in one. Mm. And I'm just like, I wonder what the direction was to the actors around um, borrowing from the original, like, characters and what to borrow and stuff like that. So far, those are the only two connections I see. Mm -hmm. The rest of the cast seems to be their own separate entity. Like, I don't think they have much in common with the original. Um, Maybe the pink-haired boyfriend to the blonde girl. Maybe he's a bit more like Tate, or not Tate, Nate, from the original series. Um, A little bit. In the sense that he's, like, sweet and boring. (laughs) He's, like, sweet and nice and boring and in in an unhappy relationship. In that sense, he's similar to Nate. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the queering of the cast. I think that's yeah. cool. That was not a thing in the original series. Like they oh, had queer sure characters, but that was were, that was what they had queer characters in the original. Oh, wow, really? Wasn't that yeah? Like- okay. So Blair from the original series, mm-hmm. she had a gay dad. But he was kind of demonized because he, like, left his mom for a male model. uh, Left her mom for a male model. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of stereotyping going on there. And um, Serena's little brother is gay as well. And that's the reason why he tries to kill himself. Oh. So, yeah, they were just like... okay. That's the queer representation in the beginning. Like queer Uh, trauma. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There's also a weird threesome that happens between Dan and um, Vanessa, another character, and Hilary Duff. Of all people. Huh. Which I guess could be queer. Um, I mean, the girls do make out, but they're straight. Mention of the guy, yeah, yeah. Or but it was Hillary Duff. The fact that it was Hillary Duff is, <laughs> 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 like, 
Oh, Lizzie McGuire? (laughs) (laughs) Man, the original series was so... Yeah. Um, anyway. (laughs) It was not without its problematic elements, but it was problematic in an iconic way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, this one just is problematic in in a way that's trying to be woke. Yeah, and I feel that, like that's that's very accurate. It, it's, it's like it's, a lack of self awareness. See, yeah, it's like someone who sh- who started re- like remember when I was, we were talking about Captain America, whatever that fucking show that just came out was. And I was talking about how it felt like they never read, like, their theory, like, their anti-racist theory and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I... Yeah. It feels like they've read the intro guides. (laughs) No, not even that. They've read the infographics on Instagram. Uh, And they're like, oh, I'm woke. Well, the intros don't (laughs) say a whole lot. (laughs) So, (laughs) they read, like, one of the 100-page intro guides. Like, it's not, it's like feminist theory for everyone, including queer theory and all. It's like trying to do too much in a tiny book. That's what it feels like they read. Like, they have slightly more than an Instagram infographic, but not really any more than Instagram infographic. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, honestly, it's. It's very neoliberal, I will say. <laughs> it is. And a lot of teen shows are. Yeah. And I think if you were going to have these, like, rich teenagers be evil, they needed to be fully evil. Mm. And they needed to, like, be aware that they're evil. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what they do with the original series. Like in the original series, Blair, for instance, she's fully a demon and Mm -hmm. she is aware of it and she doesn't care. She hates poor people and she bullies (laughs) poor people and she does not give a flying fuck what you think about it. And I appreciate that. Don't have these teenagers like, you know being awful to their teachers and like cyber bullying people and then be like oh i'm super woke (laughs) it just doesn't work you know unless you're gonna do it in a way that's like i feel like though in a way though that is the i i think it would make more sense honestly if they weren't if they didn't try to make the cast so diverse. Because I feel like that's kind of what you do get with, like, younger influencers who come from money. Um, like, they, they, they're they pretending to be woke because it's... No, but I don't think they're pretending, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think that they are trying to portray these people as actually being woke. Oh, I see. And I think that if it was more satirical in the sense that they are not aware... Of like, like the show is self-aware of the fact that mm-hmm. they aren't actually woke, but the characters are not aware. Sure. I think that would have worked better, and that would have been a better commentary on 
our current social climate. But yeah, it was like They're, they wanted to have their cake and eat it too, and it just wasn't true. worth. Yeah, I guess I guess my only uh, thought in return to that, besides yeah, true, is I mean they're also teenagers. <laughs> like they are. But I was woke in really weird ways when I was a teenager, and I it's not until you know later that I realized oh that wasn't actually woke at all. <laughs> kind of yeah, like but the show needs to have a self awareness of it. Like it's yeah. okay to portray these things as like being hypocritical and mm-hmm. contradictory because that is true sure. to life. Yeah, but you have to understand that your audience are also teenagers and they're going to take it to heart because they're stupid you know (laughs) they're gonna be like oh yeah no like the show needs to like clearly show you that they don't agree with these actions but the show does not do that sure um and i think like i said if it was just a little more satirical Mm -hmm. it would have worked Kind of like Screaming Queens, if you've seen that show. A terrible show, but what I will say is they do a good job of, like, keeping that balance. Okay. And I think that if they took, you know, some notes from (laughs) Ryan Murphy, (laughs) uh, maybe it would have been a little better. Uh, Because Ryan Murphy is really good at balancing social commentary and satire and yeah i mean granted he's only good at it for a season or two and then he gets bored of the show and kind of ditches the show and leaves it to writers who are not as capable as him (laughs) (laughs) but um i mean when he is invested in a show he does a good job of doing that okay Segwaying f- to Ryan Murphy, let's talk about the anthology series, <laughs> American Horror Stories. I have not seen American Horror Story okay. or uh, American Horror. Uh, that's not true. I've seen the f- one episode of American Horror Story, and I thought it was very boring. And I was like, you know, there are things that pick up sooner and are more entertaining that I could be watching and i never continued it okay well i started watching the show when i was about 13 yeah Um, that's when it was really popular yeah in my camp i never did and when that like you know mature audiences thing came up on the screen i was like that's me (laughs) i'm mature i'm ready for this yeah (laughs) (laughs) i proceeded to like fuck up my young brain so <laughs> I feel like if I had seen it at that point in time, like to fuck up my young brain, I probably would have liked it better, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it I, was I had more patience than media. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely Tumblr fodder at the time. Um romanticizing toxic relationships. <laughs> oh yeah. We so, love that. <laughs> So Murder House is in the first season. And, you know, the original series is also an anthology. So I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it is. This. It doesn't make sense. It's like an anthology of an anthology. Very mm. weird. Meta. <laughs> Very meta. 
So it also takes place in the same murder house, in the same universe. And it basically starts with the same premise, except, like, everybody's gay. Huh. So in the original series, it's, like, it's Violet and her mom and dad, who are having a strained marriage because the dad cheated. Mm Mm-hmm. And in this version, it's Scarlet. Yes, Violet, and now Scarlet. Very nice. <laughs> Who, by the way, has red hair. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so it's Scarlet, who's a closeted lesbian, and her two gay dads. Okay. Who are also huh. having a strained relationship. That in and of itself, a closeted lesbian, is an interesting social commentary to misogyny. Well, I don't know if it's intentional, but to misogyny in gay relationships sometimes. Older gay relationships. Maybe. It could have been, but let's not give Ryan Murphy that much credit. (laughs) (laughs) I like how I went from praising to Ryan Murphy to, so here's why I hate this man. (laughs) I really do have good relationship with him he's like he's like um my deadbeat dad Ah. (laughs) he raised me with his terrible shows and (laughs) also fucked me up with his terrible shows so yeah yeah (laughs) oh god um i'm his biggest fan and his worst enemy Mm -hmm. uh so yeah they they buy this house knowing about it being haunted and they're like we're gonna make a haunted b&b and we're gonna make money off of it today's day and age (laughs) yeah so we have a haunted b&b jackie (laughs) we should we should also my plan b if Mm -hmm. like you know, my degree doesn't work out if I don't get any jobs from my degree. Mm-hmm. My plan B is to sell haunted dolls on eBay. Yes. Like, they're not actually haunted. I just, like, go mm-hmm. to antique stores and buy old dolls. And I just... Oh, yeah. I make them look haunted. Like, I, I coat them in dirt and shit. Mm-hmm. And I get, like, creepy dresses for them. And I, like, maybe take out an eyeball or something. I'll write the stories for these dolls. <laughs> yes, please do. You can, make, you can write my description on yeah. eBay. Give them a backstory. Mm-hmm. And then people, like, buy these haunted dolls for me, f- from me for, like, hundreds of dollars. Yes. <laughs> and, and then, like, they believe it's haunted and bad things start happening to them because they're, like, manifesting it. <laughs> It's like not haunted. It's just a <laughs> They make a movie about my dolls. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's my plan B. So okay. <laughs> I think that's something we could do together. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> Scam people. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm down for it. <laughs> Yes, please. So fun. Like, I'll just, like, go to, like, some kind of doll surplus store. (laughs) 
Yes, I bet those exist. Oh my gosh, those have to be so creepy. And I'll like make the dolls look scary and old. I'll just like leave them outside in the rain. (laughs) And let them like get moldy. (laughs) Oh, I'm so smart. You are. Anyway. (laughs) We went off on a tangent. Um, Oh yeah, Ryan Murphy. (laughs) Ryan Murphy. So this show is single-handedly probably one of the queerest and also the most homophobic things I've ever seen on television, which is a specialty of Ryan Murphy's. I don't know how he manages it. It's a talent, honestly, to be like both gay and homophobic in the way that Ryan Murphy is. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's doing it like him. Um, So... Basically, Scarlet, and I don't remember anybody else's names except for Scarlet, because her name just stuck with me, because I was like, okay, Violet and now Scarlet, are we going to have an indigo in a few years and do this again? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Best keep Brian Murphy employed. (laughs) Oh my god. So, uh, Violet does. Sorry. sorry, I'm taking us into another tangent, but what else has he done? Oh, um, Glee. Okay, oh. Yeah, okay. Glee and Scream Queens, American Crime Story, uh, Hollywood, which is a show about old Hollywood. I- well, <laughs> God blessed us with Ryan Murphy, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The show kind of, like, begins in a similar way, I guess. Um, With, like, you know, adjusting to the new house. And Scarlet, like Violet, doesn't want to be at this new house. She's, like, not feeling it. But her dad's, who I'm just going to call Scooby and Shaggy, because one of them looks exactly like Shaggy to me. Um, He has, like, long blonde hair. He looks like Shaggy. (laughs) And the other one is a brunette. And that's the only reason why he's Scooby. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember their names. <laughs> so uh, Scooby and Shaggy assure her. They're like, hey, don't worry. You know, um, we're going to remodel the house. It's going to be lit. You're going to like, you're going to have a great time. And we're going to be able to pay for your college. And Yeah. Um, so she goes to school. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. It's okay. Sorry? (laughs) I was just gonna say that we always do stupid things when we're trying to pay for college, so I understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they actually end up dipping into her college funds. (laughs) So that was a lie. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so they kind of avoid the trope of, like, new house, new school, fish out of water kind of thing, Mm -hmm. because she goes to the same school. Okay. So that's kind of cool, because, you know, she has a friend, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, she's not really the new girl, 
Okay. That's good. The popular girls who are like influencers, (laughs) um, (laughs) they usually ignore her. And oh, the popular girl is played by Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's daughter. Oh, yeah, I think you told me that. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh. I also don't remember her name, so I'll just call her Paris Jackson. <laughs> so, Paris is, like, interested in Scarlet out of nowhere, and Scarlet's like, oh my god, she's, like, flirting with me? That's so crazy. And her best friend is like, no, I'm pretty sure she's fucking with you, and you're an idiot. And she's like, whatever, I'm hot, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Paris's character is like texting her and like flirting with her and she doesn't find it suspicious at all. She's just like, oh my god, uh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know it's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. You, you know it's going to end with a hate crime. But I guess we'll suspend our disbelief and we'll be like, oh yeah, totally. This is going to end great. Um, so she gets home and her dads are like, so we looked at your internet history and you're looking at really violent BDSM and you need to not do that because you're 16. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Which just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, the way you said that also just came out of fucking nowhere. This whole show is like that, though. It's just like, bang, 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 bang. And you're just like, where the fuck am I? What am I watching? And so she's, like, super upset with them for, like, infringing on her privacy. But also, she's, like, watching people, like, get killed in porn and stuff like that. Oh, my God. They need to take her to a therapist. And they do. So they have a therapist come over. Because another thing, this girl, she it's she was like kidnapped when she was three. Wait, are they implying that kidnapping and having gay parents and uh, violent porn addictions cause people to be gay? You you know, it does seem like that's what they're implying. Which <laughs> this was written by that's a gay a man, so I'm just like. Thank you, Ryan, for being super homophobic and gay at the same time. Because I feel Um, like that's what people are going to take from that. And that's what it seemed like they were implying. Ryan Murphy really said gay rights. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's what, like, fundamental, like, Christian groups that aren't affirming or whatever are going to take from that. Like, yeah, Yeah. see, we've been telling you. They ain't help. I know. I was... I was oh shocked. My gosh. <laughs> so the therapist comes over because they're they're worried that the kidnapping had an effect on her. Which, by the way, they go into way too much detail about the kidnapping for something that doesn't really come up again later. But yeah, that's a weird detail to add. Also, <laughs> it's a weird detail, which makes and... it even more like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was. It's a very badly written show. Also, there was like 20 producers. Sounds I like... The, I was watching the credits and it was just producer, 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 producer. And I was like, oh, wow. 
Uh. I'm starting to think Ryan Murphy may have had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Maybe he w- he's just credited as a producer because he, like, came because, up with the original idea. Yeah, likely he was brought in to consult on original. Because that's usually what producer or executive producer means. It means either the person helped fund the project or they were brought in to consult. Like uh, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston mm-hmm. is an executive producer on Loki. That's because he uh, held like a day seminar, I think. He talked about it and something, some promo thing um, uh, for all three of the shows. Um, he was brought in for like six hours or something, and he just talked about who he felt the character Loki was So that for all of the new people coming on set. So... That's probably he just was there answering questions and helped out like con- like what were we thinking in certain things on the past set? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I I, I don't know who wrote it then. <laughs> yeah. But it probably <laughs> was somebody gay because there's so many gay characters. Yeah, it sounds like some internalized homophobia. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. American. I'm looking it up. American Horror Stories. <laughs> I'm looking at IMDb, and the top review is titled, Not Great. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> they didn't need, they did not waste any words there. Nope. <laughs> I'm actually struggling to find the writer because it's like when I look up American Horror Stories, American Horror Story comes up. Mm. Yeah, that's I was I thought about that when you initially told me about this show. It's like that's a very odd name because people are not people are just going to mix it up with the other one. Like they're not going to be able to find it, find information on it. That's a very odd marketing choice. Oh. Another thing that uh, Ryan Murphy is credited with is Pose, by the way. Oh. Yeah. I wonder you how see what I mean? Sometimes he's really that. good. Sometimes yeah. he's really good. Sometimes he's awful. There's hmm. no in-between. <laughs> it feels like he's like the token gay producer or something that they pull into every gay show. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> And you're like, Ryan Murphy's on this, Ryan Murphy's on that. And I'm just like, uh. <laughs> His name definitely draws an audience yeah. because he does have a lot of people that are loyal to him, mm. um, including myself. for like a producer writer. I am loyal to him. Honestly, I am. If he, if he had something to do with it, I'm going to watch it. Because I know it's either going to be really good or it's going to be so bad mm-hmm. that it's, like, entertaining. That's a good track record, I suppose, to have. <laughs> I guess so. You know, either way, you'll be making mo- making your distributors money. <laughs> okay, so I have no idea who wrote this anthology series. I I can find I can't find much information about it online, mm. which is weird. I don't mm-hmm. that is. Um 
I bet people, not a lot of people know about it because it's named so weird. <laughs> I feel like they really, yeah. they made some weird marketing choices in just the naming. Was, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Let me see if anyway, I Anyway, while you're doing that, I'm going to continue to give a summary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll shut me up for a second. <laughs> Another thing, um, in the original... In the original uh, Murder House season, there's a, a latex, I guess, a suit. I don't know what to call it. It's like a BDSM suit. And, uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Scarlet finds it and puts it on, naturally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl... Okay, I found I found the writers. Oh, who is it? Uh, So it looks like Ryan Murphy co-wrote 16 of the episodes with Brad Falchuk, um, who worked on Pose, Glee. It looks like they work together on pretty much everything. Okay. Because they have a lot of the same things. Um, And then three were written by Manny Cotto. Who worked on Dexter, some weird shit, 24. And then Allie Adler wrote one. She worked on Supergirl, Chuck, No Ordinary Family, New Normal, Dynasty. Hmm. Interesting. It sounds like they have a pretty, like all of those writers have a pretty impressive resume. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Ryan Murphy did have something to do with it, at least. Sounds like it, yeah. I don't know how much was him and how much were his, like, co-writers, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can still blame Ryan Murphy, and that's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> we can still bully him, <laughs> uh, which I love to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So Scarlet puts this thing on, and in the original series, Tate wears it, and I just don't think that little petite Scarlet and Tate wear the same size, but somehow the suit fits her perfectly. What do you know? Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Movie magic. Television magic. Um... So she looks in the mirror and then she sees like Tate and it scares her. So she takes it off and throws it away. And then later on, she looks in her closet and it's there again. And she's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just put it on again. Why? Oh, once again, the ethics of talking about, I think it's, we're going to have another big cultural conversation about this. Probably something's going to happen. The ethics of talking about really heavy sexual stuff when you're with uh, underage characters, even if the actors aren't underage. Yeah, like, the actress was born in 1997, so she she is she's just an adult. she's just of age. <laughs> well, yeah, a little more than just, but yeah, she's a year older than me. Yeah, <laughs> but um. 
It is weird. I I agree. And she does look young. The actress is very young. I thought she was like maybe born in the 2000s. But she she just has a very young looking face, I guess. And it is weird. And it it does make you uncomfortable. Um, And it is a weird choice. But, uh, so she puts this thing on, and she decides she's gonna scare her dads. So she, like, takes a knife, and she, like, goes into their room, and they think it's an intruder, and they get scared. And then she takes off the mask, and she's like, haha, it's just me. And they're like, what the fuck are you wearing? And she's like, I found it, and now I'm gonna keep it. And they're like... Yeah, no, let's not put on a used sex suit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's the, oh yeah, that's kind of really unsanitary. You I'm don't sure know what you'll get from in that. there too, because it's like latex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. girl, I know that thing has not been washed and it's nasty in there. But anyway, um, so... They tell her to take it off. She tells them she's not going to take it off. And then Shaggy tries to rip it off of her, which is, like, also weird. That's, yeah. Try to rip the clothes off of your 16-year-old daughter. And she gets defensive and cuts him with the knife. That makes sense. Which he deserves. Yeah. That's kind of but then he has yeah. to get stitches and she gets grounded for that sure which is so weird it's so weird yeah <sighs> wow why and um anyway so she can't go to the slumber party with paris and she's upset about it so she decides to sneak out oh my so she sneaks out and she goes to the slumber party. Um, and Paris is like, you're so real. Like, nobody I know is as real as you. Like, you don't shave your pits. And that's so cool. Like, she actually says that. Oh, my God. Paris will think, <laughs> Paris will think I'm cool because I don't shave mine anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, everybody else is fake. You know, we smoke e-cigarettes and... That's so fake of us. What? Anyway, so <laughs> she's in pajamas because she snuck out. So Paris is like, come to my room and I'll get you some pajamas. And it's like very suggestive. So she goes with her and she gives her the pajamas. And so she strips down and shows her her underwear, which she's like wearing this like matching set of like vintage looking underwear and paris is like oh those are nice and she's like i wore them for you (laughs) just oh that's um (laughs) kind of weird yeah you maybe don't say that even if that was your intention (laughs) (laughs) so um they're like about to make out and she tells her that she's a virgin and she's like but you watch porn right and she's like "Mm." I don't think the kind of porn I watch would help. And she's like, well, what kind of porn do you watch? I won't judge you. So she proceeds to tell her. Oh, no. And then she's getting texts from her friend, her only friend. Um, 
who's like telling her they're live streaming it and she needs to shut up and get the hell out of there. So it turns out that entire interaction in the bedroom was being live streamed. Oh no. Which is horrifying. I didn't, I have never thought of the, oh my gosh, cyberbullying and live streaming. Oh. So I'm so like, glad I'm not growing up now. Oh my she's been outed, and I had um, old regular bullying. Yeah, the good old fashioned bullying. Before um, I didn't even have cyber bullying. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't have cyber bullying either, honestly. And yeah, I, I was, do feel bad for teenagers today who have mm-hmm. to put up with that. That was just past my time. Because it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like a big, like not until, even when I was in high school, like there were still some other kids mm-hmm. who didn't have phones and stuff. So it wasn't. Right. Like, yeah. Or didn't have social media because mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now it's so normalized to have social mm-hmm. media when you're like 12 yeah. So I don't know how that's going. I it's a scary thing to think about. Yeah. Um but yeah, so horrifying. Everybody knows that she has a BDSM kink okay. and that she's a lesbian. Oh, this which poor she girl. was not out. Um oh, so she goes home and she's like crying and then she like collects herself and she calls these girls and she's like she tells them that she's going to kill herself if they don't come to her house in 30 minutes and that she's going to leave a note that says it's because of them so that they go to jail. Okay. Which is so dark. Yeah. She, like, threatens to, like, Hannah Baker them. <laughs> and she's like, like remember that kid? <laughs> she, like, tells them. She's like, remember that kid who killed himself because he got bullied and he left a note? Well, his bullies went to jail for, like, 15 years. And that's going to happen to you guys. That's... Yeah. Huh. Which right. I guess could be an interesting commentary. Yeah. It was just done so strangely. Um that's an interesting way of like yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So they get freaked out, so they come to her house, and when they get there, they get a text that says come to the basement. And she's in the the kink suit, and she is stabbing them in the basement. She stabs them, and they all die. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, remember that therapist I mentioned? Uh Uh-huh. She died, too, in the house. A ghost killed her. Okay. (laughs) So if you die in the murder house, you become a ghost, and you're, like, tethered to the house. So the therapist is in the house as a ghost and she comes to her after she kills those girls and she's like, so you just killed five people. How do you feel about that? (laughs) 
I think we need to have another session, which is kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you don't see the ghosts from the original series because I guess they're like A-list actors now and they felt like they were too good for this series, which they are. But they're mentioned Mm -hmm. off screen. Mm -hmm. And the therapist is like, I'm actually like battling with another therapist here. Which is the psychiatrist dad from the original series. Nice. She's like, yeah, he's like trying to like steal my sessions with you. (laughs) You never see him. He's just referenced. Um, So anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. And um, so the ghost girls are also like paying her a visit. And they're, like, mad at her, but they won't kill her because they don't want her to be a ghost. Um, they just want to fuck with her. Which, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure they're a little pissed off about being a ghost. (laughs) But, um, she hides their bodies in a wall. Okay. Because the house is being remodeled, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. That's really... That's a good time to murder someone when construction's gone. (laughs) (laughs) How convenient. Yeah. So she, like, bricks up the wall by herself, and her dads are like, wow, really good job. And she's like, yeah, thanks. I just thought I would help out. (laughs) Oh, God. But it's like, you know, it was live-streamed, you know, the slumber mm-hmm. party, everybody knows that she was there with those girls. So she's obviously the number one sub- suspect. Everybody knows that it was probably her. <laughs> she doesn't have an alibi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a dumb move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the bodies start to smell. <laughs> oh. but she realizes she really enjoys killing people so she's like killing the ghosts in the house because you can kill ghosts they just come back to they come back to life or or not really life they come back to death (laughs) they die but they don't stay gone Hmm. but they can feel pain and she enjoys inflicting the pain on them (sighs) it's a weird show yeah (laughs) and like i said i like got really sick while i was watching the show and i like to think that the show made me sick probably (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean i could continue to talk about the show but honestly it just gets more convoluted from there and yeah. I don't want to relive it. That that show the show this sounds like the show has a really odd politic. Like Yeah. I don't know what it was trying to say. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But I just wanted to talk about it because yeah. I I just I I need somebody else to experience it with me. I guess. <laughs> 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 
I recommend um, taking like Tylenol or like <laughs> Pepto Bismol before watching it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I might. Maybe. Yeah. See. Where is it? It's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's two episodes, and I think each are like an hour. So it's it's like a really bad movie. Okay. It's like two hours of just pure shit. And th- those two episodes are like, I guess all there is to that story. Okay. Because it kind of gets tied up and not very well, but like it it is like completed. So I guess if there are more episodes of this series, it will be like in a different setting under different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe with the same actors. Maybe they'll do the same thing they did with the original series, where they have, like, the same actors, but it's, like, a different story. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) I don't know why they even decide to make this. Maybe they were just... (laughs) Maybe. This has been the Someone is Talking Over My Grave podcast with Jackie and Elisa. I hope you'll come back next week to listen to us talk shit. Please do. We need friends. (laughs) Jesus.